Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. It's Friday, it's the weekend, and we shot down another high-altitude object, this time over Alaska. Um, we haven't gotten confirmation about what it is just yet. A lot of people think it's another spy balloon. Maybe it's a drone. Maybe uh, someone was making a YouTube video. We don't know yet, but let's read the article, and then we'll go on Twitter and see what the U.S. military is saying. Uh, they said that the, the on Friday afternoon, they shot down a high-altitude object flying over Alaskan airspace and Arctic waters. The Pentagon had been tracking the object over the last 24 hours, he said. It was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object, and they did it. And it came inside our territorial waters. That sounds very erotic. No, and uh, those waters right now are frozen. Um, that is, uh, I I'm guessing it's another balloon. First of all, it was funny that China asked us to return the balloon that we downed. Uh, yeah, effing right. And this time, you know, Biden can't have another balloon floating around out there and not do anything about it quickly. Even though Trump was able to have three balloons, and I'm not trying to be partisan, I'm just saying it was reported that there were three balloons during the Trump administration, and they didn't even tell Trump about them because he probably would have just said, shoot him down right now. He might have gone out there himself to do it because it would have been good for his base, but they can't let another balloon just kind of like float through the sky and do the whole thing. Like, you know, they did that already. They got to just shoot it down immediately. And they should, you know, like shooting down the first one should have been a lesson. If this is a spy balloon, get your freaking spy balloons out of our airspace. We're calling this an object because that's the best description we have right now. We do not know who owns it. Whether it's state-owned or corporate-owned or privately-owned, we just don't know. So is it possible it was like some guy with a drone? Yeah, but I don't think they would be announcing it this way and making such a big deal about it if it was just some privately-owned object. This has got to be a message like, hey, we're not putting up with this stuff anymore. She, you send a spy balloon over here, we're taking it right down, and no, we will not return it. Son of a bitch. Let's go to Twitter. Alaska object. This is what General uh, Brigadier General Patrick S. Ryder has to say. Uh, first, what type of U.S. fighter aircraft were used and what type of munition did they fire? And do you already have Navy assets or Coast Guard assets out in, involved in a recovery process? And then I have a few more. Uh, thanks, Tara. So, so the uh, the aircraft that took down the object was an F-22 uh, flying out of uh, Joint Base Elmendorf in Alaska. Uh, it employed an AIM-9X uh, to to take down the the object. Uh, in terms of uh, assets that are currently involved, uh, uh, in terms of uh, Recovery, uh, we have HC-130, HH-60, and CH-47 aircraft participating in that recovery effort. Uh, first, what type of U.S. fighter aircraft were used, 
and what type of munition did they fire? Okay, well, and do you? I didn't learn a whole lot from that. Um, they don't seem to have very many updates yet on what exactly it was. But like, look, and and, and you know, I'm sure. Actually, I hope that we have spy balloons flight floating over Chinese airspace. That's just the world we live in. Everybody's got to spy on each other. It's been like that for decades. But still, get your spy balloon out of our airspace. F you. Uh, okay, he says, uh, let's talk about the description of the size of it. President Biden ordered the military to down the object. And they did. And it came in, inside our territorial waters. Uh, those waters right now are frozen but inside uh, territorial uh, airspace and over territorial waters. Fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command took down the object within the last hour. We're calling this an object because that's the best description we have right now. Uh, we do not know who owns it, uh, whether it's, it's state-owned or, uh, or corporate-owned or privately-owned. We just don't know. Uh, we, don't, we don't know. As I said, state-owned. We don't know if it's state-owned. Um, and we don't uh, understand the full purpose. We don't have any comp we don't have any information that would confirm a stated purpose for this object. Um, we do expect to be able to recover uh, the debris uh, since it fell not only within our territorial space but on what we what we uh, believe is is frozen uh, water. So uh, it, uh, a recovery effort will be made um, and. Uh, uh, we're hopeful that it'll be successful and then we can learn a little bit more about it. What did it say that it was the size of a car? A Anyways, it says on the tweet that they described it as roughly the size of a car. Is that was, are we just entering into a clown war where we're just going to send balloons at each other? What's happening here? It was okay. Here's more details. It was cylindrical and silverish gray. Okay. So, like a balloon, like the other one that was cylindrical and silverish gray. I wonder if anyone saw it because people saw the one over Montana. good they shot it down right can't criticize them for that just take it down especially if it's threatening civilian flights come on some guy's saying why is it okay to shoot this balloon down over alaska but not the first one i mean look I, like i said you learned the lesson they can't just let the balloon float around they got to take it down immediately can't fuck around with that all right so we'll monitor that situation as it continues. But let's talk about Roseanne. She's back. She's got a Fox Nation special. She was canceled a few years ago. 2018, I believe. And now she's doing an interview. Um, first, let's read her interview. And then we're going to watch a little bit of a clip from her upcoming special. Roseanne Barr. I'm the only person who lost everything, says Roseanne Barr in a new interview. She's promoting her new comedy special on Fox Nation and saying, has anyone else here been fired recently? She says near the top of Roseanne Barr, 
cancel this, our new special. She, if you recall, was canceled because she sent out a tweet saying that Barack Obama's advisor, Valerie Jarrett, looked like Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. Let's take a look at Valerie Jarrett. Remind everybody so you can draw your own conclusions. Yeah, I mean, that is a very, it's still to this day, a tweet that can get you canceled. No questions asked. That tweet, especially when you're on ABC, which is owned by Disney, you can't tweet that this woman looks like Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Using Planet of the Apes as a descriptor is just a bad idea, period. And then you toss on the Muslim Brotherhood thing at a very sensitive time in our nation's history. If you recall, during the Trump administration, which this took place under, everyone's sensitivities were heightened. We were all worked up every single day. It was just a boneheaded move from Roseanne. But okay, she's back. She's done her time. She's done her penance, apparently. She's been gone for a long time. <laughs> um, what's she saying here? What's she saying here? Okay, so she was fired from the Connors, which is a huge hit for ABC. Her character got killed off in an opioid overdose. Oh, wow. I didn't actually watch. I'm, I'm surprised. But you know what? That's very appropriate for the time and uh, the, the setting of the show. They didn't do it to anyone else in Hollywood, although they always throw in Dave Chappelle and Louis C.K., she told the Times. Well, Louis C.K. did lose everything, but he committed an actual offense. Yeah, Louis lost everything, and he's making a comeback now, too. I've seen him making the podcast rounds with, uh, you know, he's been on Rogan a couple of times. He did doing a bunch of other comedians' podcasts. He's coming back slowly but surely. Dave Chappelle was protected by Netflix. I'm the only person who's lost everything, whose life's work was stolen, stolen by people who I thought loved me. Um, and there was silence. There was no one in Hollywood really defending me publicly except for Monique, who is a brave, close, dear friend. I mean, it's tough to mount a defense when you're a celebrity because celebrities depend on getting jobs from networks, and getting endorsement deals and um, getting cast, you know, in, in film. So, like, if they come out and say, well, listen, there's nothing wrong with calling Valerie Jarrett the Muslim Brotherhood meets Planet of the Apes. Now they're ruined, too. So, but I also understand, you know, I'm a free speech guy. I don't like canceling people for jokes. But I'm also a common sense guy. And sometimes you should just not tweet that stuff. Just for your own good, not even from a from a from like a still philosophical standpoint. You know, her opinions are her opinions. Jokes are jokes. Just from a practical business standpoint, why would you do that? And why should anyone else step in to defend that of all things? Of all tweets, I don't think you're going to get many takers on. Uh, I stand behind that. Barr also suggested that the producers of the Connors hoped, hoped she would kill herself. Now, I don't know that I agree with this, but let's see what she has to say. When they killed my character off, 
That was a message to me, knowing that I'm mentally ill or have mental health issues, that they did want me to commit suicide. So I don't know that I agree with that line of thinking. I feel like that would be really bad press if ABC fired her and then she killed herself. That would kind of defeat the purpose of firing her so that the show could go on because the show was a big hit. And then they got rid of her and it still aired for like another couple seasons. It might even still be on. But if Roseanne had killed herself, it would have put such, cast such a negative pall over the show. There's just no way they could have kept it going. So I think she's being a little bit, yeah, victim mentality. That's right, Danielle. Victim mentality. She's that I can, I can, uh, I can go with her and say, look, F you guys, as she says in this next line, um, they killed my character. And all of that was to say, thank you for bringing 28 million viewers, which they never had before and will never see again. Yeah. She brought the viewers in. She created a hit show. I can go with her on that, on saying, Hey, maybe you guys could have stuck up for me or we could have figured out some way, you know, do the old classic Hollywood. I'm going away to get help. I'm going to rehab, whatever. I'll be back. Bring her back for the show. She's taking it a step too far thinking that ABC executives wanted her to kill herself because that just ruins the franchise. Leaves a bad negative taste in everyone's mouth. You're not going to watch the Connors knowing that Roseanne killed herself because of it. Let's watch a little clip. Let's go. Uh, let's go over to her clip that has been uh, given to Fox nation. Hopefully they won't demonetize us for this. We're just trying to spread the word. Okay. Fox nation doing stand-up specials. Now everybody is you can, the stand-up specials are every and anywhere. So let's see. Maybe they're trying to, I mean, look, they have a uh, gut felled and maybe they're trying to compete with the daily wire. Or is it the Daily Call? Which one's the Daily? Ben Shapiro's the Daily Wire. All right, let's watch this. I've had the COVID four times now. And I lost all my uh, taste, you know, have no taste and no smell either. All this time. You know, but I look at it like it's, you know, a silver lining in the COVID cloud. Because, you know, I don't eat so much. I'm not wanting to eat everything because it don't taste that good. So I lost some weight, you know? Thanks, Lord. <laughs> Once I got the COVID, though, and saw that my kids weren't going to come over, I was like, man, I'm going to get the long COVID. <laughs> I'm going to get that COVID that never quits. Woo, it's wonderful. I was like living in a rest home is what it was like there. <laughs> I had an assistant that cooked for me and brought me tea and none of my family ever came over. Oh my God, it was so great. It was the first time in my life that I haven't had to, you know, take care of nobody's kids or do their goddamn laundry or get out of bed and do shopping for any of that shit. I just laid there in bed talking to God and writing jokes. It was fantastic. want my grandkids coming over because they're always sick and they make me sick all the time. My daughter thinks it's good that they're sick. Your mom thinks it's good that the kids are sick. It always drives me nuts. She goes, it's good they're sick because they're developing their anti, uh, what do you call it? 
Yeah. Their immunity, they're getting their immunities. It's good that they're sick. Yeah, well, I'm 70. What about my immunities, bitch? <sighs> Listen, I have a lot of respect for Roseanne, uh, what she accomplished in the industry. She's funny. She's a legendary comedian. Seems a little rusty. And I know how hard it is to do stand-up comedy. I tried. I failed. This just sounds like a podcast. Sounds like she's just like uh, speaking extemporaneously. I think it could have used a little more refinement. Just my opinion on the jokes and the punchlines. You know, the premises of there's a lot to work with. By the way, I agree with her. COVID was the greatest time because you didn't have to stop and talk to people on the street, you know? Like, you could just keep that mask on. No one wanted, you could avoid everybody. It was fantastic, especially when you were walking your dog and, like, every dog, you know, every time you got to, like, stop and, like, make small talk with other people walking their dogs. You didn't have to do that during COVID. It was understood. Get the hell away from me. But she's, uh, I, I commend her for coming back. I do like people that come back, even when you've been canceled, even for something like this. It's nice to see her still trying. You bring over these kids with the green snot in their nose and it takes me a month to get over it. Stay home. I'll watch them on FaceTime. <laughs> right? It was so much better. It was just great. Well, anyways, I got to interview Roseanne once, like 10 years ago, when she was running for president under the, the like pistachio party or whatever. It was like some weird green party offshoot and she had a campaign event the whole thing was a joke it was in the middle of like uh, the san fernando valley tiny little club not even a club what are those things like uh, like an elks club type of place elks lodge and she came out and i asked her a few questions i don't even think they aired it but, um, you know, she was cool. She's had COVID. She's back. Okay, let's read more of her interview. She made it clear she's still unhappy about her exit from the series she created. They denied me the right to apologize. They hate me because I have talent, because I have an opinion. Even though Roseanne became their number one show, they'd rather not have a number one show. They should have given her a chance to apologize. They should have. They should have stood up. I know, as I said before, it was a very sensitive time, 2018. Everybody was on pins and needles. But this is a legacy network. This is ABC. It's one of the big three. They should have some balls. Let her come out and apologize and explain herself. And then let the market decide. If people want to keep watching with Roseanne on there, you know, maybe send her, have her, instead of killing her off with an opioid overdose, uh, opioid overdose, send her character to rehab for an opioid addiction. She can't bear to watch the Connors in its current form. So it is still on. 
Let's see, she uh, also struck a more optimistic note when she discussed her return to stand-up. I'm so happy that this is the most offensive in my stand-up that I've ever had the balls to be. She said, adding that it was initially terrifying to stand up in front of a crowd again. It got easier and easier. People showed me so much love. I was kind of overwhelmed by that. I was just so happy that when I looked out in the audience there, the bond between myself and them was not broken. Okay, well, I hope it gets more offensive than the clip we saw. But as I said, I like to see people make comebacks when they've been canceled. It's better for us emotionally. As a, as a country. All right, moving on. This is funny, talking about the spy balloon and China and all that. They keep getting these photos of John Cena, the wrestler. Where is it? He's on the set of a new movie. And, you know, Actors have to dress up in funny costumes, especially for comedies. So I don't have any problem with that. It's kind of annoying when they get the pictures ahead of time, but whatever. You know, he looks ridiculous here. And then today they got him wearing a skirt. And I respect the art of acting. I've acted myself. I get it. But it's funny because of his whole China apology that he did a couple of years ago. Because it makes you, like, if I just saw, like, any other actor dressing in those ridiculous costumes, I would think, oh, that's funny. You know, they got a sense of humor. Like, if that was, like, Tom Hanks or somebody wearing that or wearing the skirt, you would just think, huh, they're really committed to the character. But it's funny for some reason because of John Cena's apology to China, his groveling apology for saying Taiwan was a country. It's funnier because you sit there and think like, God, this guy just has no self-respect. It's weird how it that's what flashes in my mind. But you do think that because he was so, so sorry. And I understand intellectually why he apologized. He was going to cost that Fast and Furious franchise so much money because Hollywood is so dependent on Chinese money in order to break even on their big budget films but he's like the face of it he had to go out there and and speak mandarin and 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 beg everyone for forgiveness and so when you juxtapose that next to this it makes you chuckle that's all sure he's a good guy looking good john we support you, John. All right. Speaking of John, John Benet Ramsey. This guy comes out and now says the murder did not match DNA evidence, I should say, in the murder did not match family members, but cops continued to float that idea that her parents were under suspicion. Probably because it would be easier for them we got to remember, prosecutors aren't always looking. Cops and prosecutors aren't always looking for the truth. They're looking for the conviction. As Denzel says in Training Day, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. So it's simpler for them to pin it on the parents. But apparently that wasn't true. The revelation comes from a new book by former Texas sheriff and now author John W. Anderson. 
Lou and John Bonet, a legendary lawman's quest to solve a child beauty queen's murder. I don't like that he calls himself a legendary lawman, but let's let's continue down this road. Okay. Anderson interviews Colorado investigator Lou Smith, who worked the case until his 2010 death. Okay, so he's talking about Lou Smith. That's the legendary lawman. All right. Smith argues that evidence recovered under the little girl's fingernails and clothes did not match any family members or anyone close to the case. Despite that, Smith says authorities continue to put her parents, Patsy Ramsey and John Bennett, John Bennett Ramsey. That's right. That was so weird. Like the father had such an ego that he feminized his own name to make it to make her name his name. John Bennett goes to John Bennett. This was such a big case every day, every week at the checkout stand at the market. It was Jean Benet all over the Inquirer and all the other magazines that used to be out weekly world news. For many years following her death, John and Patsy Ramsey would remain the primary suspects in their daughter's murder. It was not until 2008 that they were officially cleared that's a long, long time. I can't believe they still haven't solved this case. Like somebody had to break in and then I think they killed her in the basement. A lot of people think it was the brother. But then his DNA should match. Theoretically, right? The father said for the past, oh, no, no, this is what the guy wrote in the book. For the past quarter century, the Boulder police have ignored the DNA evidence that exonerated the Ramses and could be used to identify her killer. She was found dead in the basement of her family's home, bludgeoned and strangled the day after Christmas 1996. Several hours after her mother called 911 to say her daughter was missing and a ransom note had been left behind. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of DNA evidence cracking cold cases nowadays, how this one hasn't been solved is insane. We really need one of the billionaires to get, like Steve Ballmer, Microsoft owns the L.A. Clippers. He strikes me as a guy who we could talk into this, who would just put a lot of money into solving cold cases. But I'm surprised that this one doesn't have, you know, this is a huge case. It should have more energy behind it to utilize the new DNA technology to solve it. Maybe it was Brian Kelberger. This is like America's first introduction to all that, that weird like kid beauty pageant thing. And then wasn't there uh, toddlers and tiaras, the big show on TLC for years and until everyone got kind of uncomfortable with the idea of it. 
Remember that guy that came out and said he did it? That was bizarre. Yeah, that was so weird. That guy. Who was that guy? I think he like lived in Malaysia or something. He was into some weird scene and he came out and like like it, he he clearly had a mental illness to be uh, volunteering himself to be prosecuted as the killer of Jean Benet. Patsy Ramsey died of cancer in 2006. John Ramsey told the Daily Beast in 2019 that even though he has been cleared, the accusations against him still linger. I thought he was dead too. Wow. Burke Ramsey was suspected, despite the fact that he was only nine years old at the time. Interesting. I'd like to see this case solved. It's been too long. Okay. What's this say? Um, private investigator Ali Gray continued to investigate the murder case even after he stopped working for the Ramseys claimed in 2016 that the child's killer was a local 26-year-old whose family owned a junkyard on the outskirts of the city, Michael Helgoth. Monkey Face, welcome. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you tuning in. Tune in anytime. Um, all right. On February 13th, 1997, Alex Hunter, who was the district attorney at the time of the murder, held a press conference where he spoke to John Benet's unknown killer, saying the list of suspects narrows. Soon there will be no one on the list but you. Helgoth died of an apparent suicide two days later at his home. Wow. A few years after his death, however, Helgoth was cleared when it was revealed that none of the DNA was found under Jean Benet's fingernails or in her underwear. What the hell? Goth. Oh, this is the guy that you just brought up, Danielle. In 2006, 10 years after Jean Benet's death, a 41 year old school teacher named John Mark Carr confessed to killing the little beauty. He was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand. But he was never charged with the murder because his DNA did not match the, that found on the girl's body. John Mark Carr. He's up to. I did it. Okay. John Mark Carr is now living as a woman named Alexis Reich or Reich. Who knows? It's odd that you would choose the name Reich. Like, it's one thing if you're born with it, but if you choose it, we're all going to think there are some kind of Nazi undertones. So Alexis Reich... Uh, As a transgender woman now, has positioned herself as an advocate for sexual abuse survivors, especially children. Okay, so yeah, when when uh, Reich 
or John Mark Carr at the time, went into such graphic de and disturbing detail about the JonBenet Ramsey crime in an email to a filmmaker examining the case, authorities were forced to take her claim seriously. However, she was dismissed when investigators failed to match her DNA with the evidence found at the Ramsey crime scene. Besides, at the time of the crime, Reich was reportedly living as a man named John Mark Carr in Southeast Asia. All right, so where's Alexis Reich right now? That's what we want to know. We've heard the story. What is Alexis Reich doing? Can she come on to this show and guest? I wonder, maybe I should send her an email. Dear Alexis, it's time for the true story to come out. Okay. Um, she was uh, arrested for assaulting her elderly father, Wax, in 2007. Later that year, uh, she was investigated. And when I say she, just for lack of confusion, we're talking about John Mark Carr at the time, confessed to the killing. It was John Mark Carr now living as a woman named Alexis Reich. Okay. She was investigated for her alleged role in a sex cult involving teenage girls, an allegation that would pop up again in 2010 when she was accused of threatening Samantha Spiegel, a notorious death row pen pal, for blowing the whistle on the cult. What kind of a weird scene is this person into? Threatening death row inmates? Reich claims she has lived outside the United States since 2008 and that she's constantly battling homelessness. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's sad because this person's clearly mentally ill, but that does not shock me. I am still sometimes recognized, no matter how remote my location, by angry admirers who mostly shout at me. She sounds like Roseanne. She concluded, many believe I must be silenced or more, moreover that I should not exist at all. As long as I have this dot com, I will say plenty. She is now living as Roseanne Barr. John Mark Carr, Roseanne Barr. It all makes sense. Well, anyways. Somebody, someday, a relative of whoever killed John Benet Ramsey will put their DNA into Ancestry.com and then we'll get the answer. I'm sure of it. Adidas. Speaking of Nazis, Adidas dropping Kanye a very costly call. We're deep in the hole. The athletic brand gave this worrisome update Thursday, saying it's expected to lose a whopping $1.3 billion in sales in 2023. And the company says it's because it's unable to sell off all the Yeezy shoes and clothes that it still owns. I am shocked. I'm always shocked. Whenever I hear that Kanye actually was worth at least a billion dollars, not 11 billion like he claimed, but at least a billion, and that Adidas had 1.3 billion dollars worth of Yeezy stuff to sell. Like, I knew Yeezy was big, but like, I always thought it was some overblown bullshit. I that astounds me to this day. As we reported, 
Adidas cut ties with Ye last year after his anti-Semitic comments and actions. Um, but the brand announced soon after dropping him that it would continue to sell Kanye's designs just without the Yeezy name. Based on the financial report, it doesn't seem like that's working. Statement says it could lose another 534 mil if it pulls the plug on repurposing the remaining Yeezy stash. Adidas, yeah, I, they're hoping that everyone out there has kind of just like forgotten about this um, Kanye, you know, uh, I love Hitler thing. And that everyone will just agree to be like, hey, listen, you know, maybe we don't like the guy anymore, but we like his designs, right? They need more time because I think Adidas, right? They, they also had Nazi beginnings. Let me check. Uh, Adidas founders Adi and Rudy Dosler were members of the Nazi party. Yeah, okay, so they're sitting there like, hey, you know, listen, we've all been Nazis at one time. Just let, just forget about it. Buy the shoe. I want, like, how long? They might just have to hold on to it. They might have to take the loss this year, but I bet in a year people are going to forget. And they're going to buy the Kanye stuff. There's probably a lot of people out there who are just like sitting and kind of waiting. Like, okay, is it time? Can I, can I just buy some Yeezys? You know, they go so well with my outfit. I think they'll make this money back. I really do. I think it's going to be bad for a little while. And I don't know if insurance covers, um, you know, someone that you worked with saying that they love Hitler but let's see. Uh, we reported there's a clause in Ye's contract with Adidas that he could that says he could get a reduced fee if his designs get sold with a rebrand. But we were told the brand simply isn't cutting checks for him. Okay, whatever. Um, I mean, look. On the one hand, people knew for a long time that Kanye was into Hitler. He apparently wanted to name his 2018 album Hitler. He frequently talked about it. Van Lathan from TMZ says that when Kanye came to the TMZ office, he said he loved Hitler and they cut that part out. So Adidas either didn't do their due diligence or they just thought, well, how's this ever going to get out? I mean, like Kanye would have to be a total whack job moron to ever admit this publicly. So let's sign the deal because it'll sell a lot of shoes. But on the other hand, you know, it's not like Kanye made the shoe. Like, should they be able to sell the shoes? Should people be able to buy them? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess... If you're seen with Yeezys on, people are going to think, still think you're a Nazi sympathizer. It hasn't been long enough. They're just going to have to take the loss. Kanyezy. All right. What else? What else are we talking about? Oh, okay. So Drake is being. Um, called to testify in this xxx temptation murder trial a lot of people seem to think that drake had something to do with it i mean the defense attorney for these four guys first of all this killing um 
Corn put Adidas in the spotlight in 1998 with their song oddly named, named oddly Adidas. <laughs> I'm surprised that that song would bring attention to it, to the company. Uh, they weren't Nazis, right? Corn. Did any one of them ever come out publicly? All right. I wonder what Kobe, you know, if Kobe Bryant was still around, because he had a deal with Adidas, maybe they could have lured him into a, an Adidas deal to kind of like repurpose all that Yeezy stuff. He had enough force of personality to pull that off. All right. So I saw this on Reddit because I was trying to find a good summation of this theory that Drake had something to do with rapper XXX Tentation's death. And I couldn't really find one anywhere from like a, you know, let's say legitimate news source. But, you know, this is like a, this is the speculation portion of the program. All right. And we're only doing it because the defense attorney, as I said, lobbied the judge to call Drake in. And Drake now has to give a deposition about this killing. So I saw this theory on uh, on Reddit, and this person kind of summed it all up. So let's just uh, do the cliff notes. Okay. This person says, I think Drake should be investigated for the murder of XXX Tentation. TLDR, that stands for too long, didn't, didn't read. Uh, Drake makes a song about how he kills people he does not like, killing them for Louis Vuitton bags, which is exactly how XXX Tentation randomly died. Shortly after he said, shortly after XXX said, if he dies randomly, it was Drake, who is someone Drake does not like, which he just wrote a song about how he kills people he did not like the weekend also. Okay, hold on. This person is not articulate um xxx and drake had continuous beef for x chastising him for numerous things like stealing his beats roasting him on twitter etc two months before x dies he makes an om ominous post to his instagram story reading if i die randomly it was drake sure enough two months later he dies randomly a random day in the car dealership he's in a car and someone shoots him in the neck kills him breaks into the car and steals his louis vuitton bag in the car kind of sus but then it gets worse and by the way like this is so dumb they did it all for like fifty thousand dollars and the one guy who i think has flipped and is testifying got five thousand dollars of this to drive the shooters and then they went online they were flashing the money like i don't get it how stupid are people in this day and age, you can't do anything like that. There's cameras everywhere. Police will retrace the steps. And you did it for five grand. You're going to go to jail for who knows how long for $5,000. That's not even like one month of bills. And they could have just not killed him. They ran up. I don't want to play the video because it's upsetting. But the guy pulls out of the dealership in his nice car i think it was a lamborghini might have been a nice bmw and then the shooters pull up stop their car to block him in hop out with the guns pointed they get the money and you know the guy is apparently pleading for his life and they still shoot him in the neck which is just even dumber because now instead of the armed robbery charge you've got a murder a murder charge they're always gonna find on a famous guy recognizably famous too they're always going to put the, the law enforcement is going to put a lot of 
resources into solving a murder like this. They're not just going to let this ain't Tupac and Biggie where they kind of just were like, ah, you know, they got shot. They now are going to find you. They have cameras everywhere. Stupid, stupid, stupid for nothing. Now, did was Drake behind this? I don't know. I'm actually shocked that they're going to have Drake give a deposition. A few months after X's death, Drake releases a song called Mob Ties. This song is about how he is orchestrating pe getting people killed. He does not like. But he uses some very interesting lyrics. Sick of these blank. Hire some help. Get rid of these blank. Louis bags in exchange for body bags. Standing over your coffin with a hammer and a nail. I'm running a blitz. Um, so, like, that's kind of what happened. And then there's some other people. Uh, a Louis bag. They took his Louis bag. Some other people who point to a song that Drake put out. You know, Drake, I like some of his music. I don't know that I like, you know, I've had some interactions with him last year. I talked about this yesterday when I almost got shot at the Kodak Black shooting at the Super Bowl party outside the Nice Guy when the Super Bowl was here in L.A. And Drake showed up that night. He was there earlier in the night. And, you know, he's I just tried to ask him a question. He's always got a bit of an attitude. I think that Drake thinks that he's some big mob guy because he's probably rolling around with real gang members and, you know, legitimate criminals that he is close with. And he's starting to play the part too much. In my opinion. Like, dude, it's entertainment. You don't need to be, don't go the way of like young thug where you're going to put yourself, paint yourself into a corner and let the cops build a Rico case on you. You know, um, yeah, let me, let me pull up that clip of the lyrics for you. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Start it over. Fans dig up old lyrics where Drake allegedly sneaked. This is XXX Tentation. Seems like a jerk. Yes, he does. Maybe I should do a 20. Maybe I should break that 20, do a 10. Maybe I should break that 10, do a 5. Then if it gets live, do a 5 again. If he held his tongue on that live, he'd be alive again. Damn. Damn. Maybe I should do a 20. Maybe I should break that 20, do a 10. Maybe I should break that 10, do a 5. Then if it gets live, do a 5 again. If he held his tongue on that live, he'd be alive again. Damn. Damn. Maybe I should do a 20. Maybe. Now, there's another clip. I guess XXX said something about Drake on a uh, Instagram live. So let me play that for you. The whole team can suck my dick. Fuck OVO. So if he held his tongue on that live, he'd be alive again. Damn. Uh, you think I'm gonna let you take my shit and not say nothing? You can suck my dick. The whole team can suck my dick. Fuck OVO. So if he held his tongue. Okay, so he's talking about, he said, fuck OVO. That's Drake's thing. Uh, OVO, that's a, his, uh, I don't know, fashion brand or whatever, his, his squad. Um, so 
Then Drake says if he held his tongue on that live, he'd be alive again. And he did the thing with the numbers that add up to 10, the XXX in Roman numerals. You know, if Drake were to do this, I don't think these shooters would have known that the money or whatever, whoever recruited them and paid them or whether they didn't pay them, whatever, however they were found, they're not going to know it's from Drake. Drake's not going to like call shooters directly, but at the same time, you would think, well, listen, Drake, you know, he's huge. He's successful. He's got all the money he needs. He loves to gamble. Like what is he? You don't need a murder investigation, you know? Whether or not XXX Tentation is talking shit on a live, you don't need to have him killed and put that stress into your life. Right? We would hope. So, that is something we are going to continue to monitor uh, once he actually gets called for the deposition. Let me see. On the 26th of this month, up. Drake will be grilled in XXX Tentation murder case. Uh, Mauricio Padilla, these guys, uh, the defense attorney for Dedrick Williams. One of the three men accused persuaded the judge it's necessary for Drake to answer questions. Let's see. He was originally supposed to have it happen on the 27th. He failed to appear. Now he must sit for the deposition on February 24th via Zoom. That's lucky. He doesn't have to actually go there. If he misses that date, he better be in court on February 27th or possibly be charged with contempt. I wonder if he'll show up or if he'll just be like, yeah, charge me with content. Who gives a fuck? I, I just won't go to Florida for a while. You know, like they're not going to send the U.S. Marshals to come get Drake because he didn't testify on thin evidence in the XXX murder trial. Oh, by the way, after XXX had posted the thing about if anyone tries to kill me, it was Champagne Poppy, a.k.a. Drake. Uh, he deleted the post and said he'd been hacked. But others say that he was warned by like, um, uh, uh, what's his name? DJ Academics that, you know, Drake is a nice guy, but you might force him to retaliate. Yeah, that's what I lean towards, too monkey face like i would hope that he's smarter than that i hate when people blow it when they got so much going for them and they blow it because they're trying to like like play an image or like live up to so just like making stupid mistakes like having people killed you know it's very disappointing so Trial began earlier this week as defendants Williams, Michael Boatwright, and Trayvon Newsom all faced life sentences for their role in killing XXX in June 2018. Another suspect, Robert Allen, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and has been testifying throughout the trial. I believe that's this gentleman right here in the glasses. Um, 
So stupid. Over $50,000 split four ways. That's nothing. It's not going to last you that long. And now you have to go to jail for life. Like, anybody thinking? Let's check in, check in on that uh, balloon again. See if anything happened with that. Oh, wait. Oh, it was a joke. That's not the balloon image. That's a big fake Donald Trump. Hilarious. Yeah, well, no new updates there. Koberger's trending. Let's check in on that real quick before we wrap things up. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think we covered everything, right? Oh, we didn't. There was one other thing. The girl who was bullied and, and killed herself, the, um, where is it? Where is it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look at this. Naming the names. Final batch of docs containing salacious allegations related to Epstein Associates, including Prince Andrew, finally be made public after dozens of John and Jane Doe's agree to unsealing. The material will be made public in the coming months and dailymail.com can reveal it's expected to include information pertaining to at least one public figure. Oh man, this is going to be lame. It's just going to be about Prince Andrew. The decision has already been made by King Charles and everyone else who would be involved in it. Like Prince Andrew is being ostracized. He's on the outs. Um, uh, you know, they're just going to release documents about Prince Andrew and then that'll be the end of it. Like, who cares? We know the guy is a sick, weirdo, disgusting human being. This ain't going to do anything for us. Yeah, I mean, monkey face, what do you think it was? You think it was just another spy balloon? As I said at the beginning, you might have missed it. Like, the A, they needed to shoot it down if it is a spy balloon because we can't just let them keep floating balloons in here like it's a fucking birthday party. Especially after the blowback, no pun intended, that the Biden administration got for not shooting down the one over Montana more quickly. So now it's like, we're just going to have to shoot any balloon down that we see. Uh, and... I hope that we have our own balloons floating over Chinese airspace and getting a good look at those Muslim Uyghur camps. But in the meantime, get your effing air spy balloons out of our airspace, even if it's Alaska. God damn it. 
All right, this is what I wanted to talk about briefly, and then we'll wrap it up. New Jersey school's outrageous smear against the girl, 14, who killed herself after being beaten by bullies. The superintendent is telling the Daily Mail that she was on drugs and that her father's affair caused the mom's suicide seven years ago. Now, look, I know that the school district is setting themselves up to fight whatever lawsuit is coming, and I hope that the father of this girl sues the fuck out of the school and the parents of the kids that were the bullies and just prosecute them all fully. You know, it's time to step up. As I said on my show yesterday, schools don't handle the bullying situation nearly well enough. They kind of just let it happen, and like the kids who are being bullied can't really defend themselves because a lot of schools have zero tolerance policies, and, you know, or they might just be weaker than the kids that are doing it to them. Um, but it really is some low down dirty stuff for the school district to be saying the girls on drugs and that the father's affair had something to do with it. Right. She had been offered counseling for drugs. And uh, there was an allegation that the girl's grieving father, Michael, a 22-year Army veteran, claimed uh, that he had had an affair when Adriana was seven that drove her mother to commit suicide. Adriana, the name of the girl who took her own life, by the way. Later moved the woman into the house. I mean, I'm sure that's not easy to deal with. But to me, it's a little more clear-cut than that. Like... The girls who bullied her were on camera. Then they texted her afterward to taunt her about it. They made videos about all this. Like, they are the direct instigators. And it's terrible because you wish if someone could have just gotten a hold of Adriana and, you know, like been with her or whatever, maybe. You wish that they could have convinced her, hey, this is such a short part. There's only four years of your life. There's way more to do, good and bad, but there's way more coming. So don't let this get to you. But unfortunately, that was just not in the cards. She killed herself sometime after 10.46 p.m. on February 2nd. The bullies who'd attacked her were threatening to go after her boyfriend next and had bombarded her with harassing messages all day. Yeah, I mean, and what the fuck? What's with the bow tie look? Come on, what are you, Tucker Carlson? Come on, asshole. Um, it's awful that those kids could do this, but they should pay. The three of them have been charged with felonies, and you know what? Take it all the way to the end. Lock them up. Yeah, well, anyways, terrible story. See what happens, but just very, very sad story. Monkey face. It was probably a true weather balloon this time. It was small and a threat to civilian planes. I don't think the Chinese would mess around sending another right away. U.S. military is taking anything in the sky serious now. Yeah, I guess I'm wondering, like, why it's being publicized so widely right now. Like, did a tip come in that this happened? Or are they publicizing it as sort of a warning to China? Like, hey, we're not playing around with this shit anymore. You know? Maybe it was a weather balloon. Yeah, you're right. But 
All right, listen, it's been a great show. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today, and uh, I'll be back Monday. Please enjoy the Super Bowl. I I'm going to watch it, but I don't care as much anymore. I was a big Tom Brady fan. Now that he's out, you know, it's sad. The only way that I get to go see Tom Brady play now is to go see 80 for Brady. So I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to be as enthused. But, uh, you know, have a good time. Have a good weekend. And I'll see you next week. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Tanya. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell him your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I know. I, 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 I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pal, Hal. Have a good day.